0: You're listening to the Empath Insights Podcast, and today I'm talking about discovering your empath type. Stay tuned. Hello, everybody. I'm Rachel Hudson, and I help empaths just like you learn to thrive and work with your natural gifts so that you can get your power back And embrace the beautiful gift of being an empath. Well, hey, everybody. I'm so glad to be back with you this week. And today I'm talking about the different types of empaths and discovering your empath type. And there are about three basic type of empaths. And then there are another three that might surprise you. Now, just a reminder here some empath types tend to overlap. So don't worry about labeling yourself as one thing and thinking you can't be a different type of empath. I kind of check the boxes on most of the empath types. So, um, and you know, some are stronger than others. So just kind of keep that in mind. And when we discover our empath type, we start to have a better understanding of ourselves and a better understanding gives us more solutions and we start to have better communication, we tend to have better relationships and we've got more tools that we can use to help ourselves. Now, the first type of empath that I wanna talk about is called the emotional empath and emotional empaths physically feel the emotions of other people, very susceptible to emotional contagion. And I feel like this is really the most common type of empath. I'm raising my hand here because I'm a highly emotional empath. I've said this before in other episodes, but it's like, if you cry, I don't even know what you're crying about. And I'll probably start crying. If you laugh, though, I'm probably going to laugh right along with you. I think everything is funny. Okay. (laughs) Now, this is related to the mirror neuron system. And I actually talked about that in episode number six. And that is the science of empathy. So if you want to go back and listen to that one, feel free to do so. Related to the mirror neuron system. Now, that's just the basic. But the downside of being an emotional empath is that we absorb emotions from anybody in our energy field, anybody, maybe we're in a crowd and we all of a sudden feel really tired or we feel really sad or just really agitated. Sometimes that can come from other people. A lot of times this feels like feeling like a burnout type feeling or right before you're getting sick, but your mind is like, no, you're not getting sick. And then you get sick. Okay. It's like that feeling. It's an extreme, um, fatigue. I've talked about, talked about the feeling like you've been hit with a tranquilizer dart. That's really the feeling that we're talking about. And what happens is that we lack, when we don't know we're emotional empaths, we lack the skills to protect the energy field from emotions of others. We're just really susceptible. And think about like emotional empaths being open sponges, just absorbing everyone's emotions. Now, real quick, how to protect your energy field. I talk about writing a lot. I talk about meditation and I talk about grounding. So I would tell you the first thing, especially as an emotional empath, get a journal, gratitude journal. I know right now it sounds really cliche, but ask yourself, do people really do it? Do they really do a gratitude journal or is it just a good idea and everybody says to do it? Now, I personally do a, um, it's called a daily pages And it's basically, I write down three things I'm grateful for. It's real quick, actually. Um, I make sure to mix it up and it doesn't repeat. So I have to look for different things to um, write down in my gratitude area of this daily pages. I do the what would make today great. And I just have three things or three things that would be like amazing if happened today. And I make sure to mix those up. I try not to repeat those. And I have some positive affirmations. Now listen, people think the positive affirmation thing is real hokey, but I'm going to challenge you on this. I mean, because I did too. And sometimes I still do, but I have to remind myself, what are those negative affirmations that we're saying? I'm not very smart or I'm dumb, or you do something kind of goofy and then you start labeling yourself. Those are negative affirmations. And so I want you to think about difference between those if you're saying negative affirmations to yourself and you're always feeling down hey just try it on for size I like to say try it see what happens with positive affirmations I always say if you're not really sure about um, a system that I promote I'm just gonna say try it for 10 days and if it doesn't work for you hey at least you tried it if it does work for you Don't put it down. Keep doing it. Okay. Also meditation and visualization. I have free meditations on my website. So go check those out. So those are the things that I would say is going to protect your energy field. I like to do those all in the morning. I get up a little extra early to do those. So I encourage you to do the same thing. The next empath type I'm going to talk about is called the physical empath. Exactly what it sounds like. And what happens with physical empaths? I can raise my hand on that one, but it's not my strongest. But I do have traits of being a physical empath. Physical empaths feel and absorb the pain and symptoms of other people. Like watching someone get hurt. It makes me physically hurt. Okay. Even if it's not real, slapstick comedy no not for me i can't i can't watch it many physical empaths don't have the capability to screen out these physical feelings okay so if you watch the news a lot if you watch a lot of those it's funny and people are getting hurt videos i don't see how you do it but that might be some of the uh causes of some of your symptoms. Now the downside of being a physical empath is that physical empaths can often feel sick and maybe they might get labeled with panic disorders or pain or chronic fatigue or even depression. Like we are picking up these things and we're holding on to them not knowing that we're doing it. Okay. And just to be clear, other people don't know that we are absorbing their junk. So we, I want to tell you right now, we have to take care of ourselves. We cannot hold other people responsible for us being empaths. That was a really hard lesson for me to learn. But now that I'm kind of awake to everything, it makes total sense. And it's really actually empowering when you think about it. Now, another downside of being a physical empath is that it can be incredibly exhausting and painful when you're not protected properly. And if you don't, if you don't know what's going on, empaths, we don't realize sometimes that we're empaths. And that's why we do these podcasts. And that's why you see more empaths doing podcasts and YouTube channels. And there's more information now than ever. Um, another downside is having an unexplained illness. For years and years. A lot of empaths uh, that are physical empaths and feel sick, chronic, they have chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia, they some people tend to isolate or maybe they're housebound. Okay. So I'm gonna give you some strategies, daily grounding techniques, yes, getting outside, writing in a journal. I am a yoga and meditation teacher, so I'm always going to recommend yoga. Meditation, getting on the ground, going for a walk outside as close to nature as possible. I'm always going to say, write it out. Now, the next type of empath I'm going to talk about is the intuitive empath. I'm going to raise my hand right here too, because I am a highly intuitive empath. You might be as well. Now, intuitive empaths are very energetically sensitive, some of us might even have precognitive gifts and are very telepathic. Okay. So, some of the experiences that you might have as an intuitive empath might be intuitive dreaming or maybe um, precognition, the gift of knowing when things are going to happen, like something's getting ready to happen. It's that you know that you know that you know. This often happens when you're thinking about someone and then just a few seconds later, your phone rings. And it's that person who's calling you that happens to me and my sister quite a lot. So a downside of being an intuitive empath is that intuitive empaths often feel fearful of this intuitive dreaming or the precognition part, it just is not normal to us, or maybe we haven't been raised in an environment without where that was accepted. Now, some intuitive empaths tend to shut down if something they've intuitively thought about actually does happen and it's bad. Like, what do you do with that? That's happened to me before. And there is a tendency for us to shut that down, push that out. Or there's also this fear that other people in their lives will tell them that what they're feeling and knowing are actually not true. Or maybe they're just not in line with a traditional type of spiritual practice or maybe a religion, so to speak. Now, here's just a few strategies for intuitive empaths. Writing down your coincidences is so powerful. I, I did this for about 10 days. I was just like, for 10 days, I'm going to write down anything that is just like a mere coincidence. I will tell you, as the days went on, these coincidences started to snowball. And so if you're interested in developing your intuition, that's one way to, you know, kind of try that on for size, you might also want to journal your dreams. For me, I get songs stuck in my head that tend to have a meaning. If I don't write it out, I tend to have this, this earworm, I guess is what they call it. um, Until I write it down, it won't go away. (laughs) So there's also you can also write down some of the thoughts that you have when you first wake up, I have incredibly intuitive thoughts when I wake up. And, you know, once you finally get out of bed and start doing your thing, you you sometimes forget about them. So I would encourage you to keep a journal by your bed and just like anything that happened, maybe a a dream journal. Um, Also, practice of yoga and meditation is always going to help. I want to encourage you to also talk about your experience with other intuitive empaths. And I've got a group coaching program that's open right now that we do share a lot of experiences in there, and it's a very safe place. So the next type of empath I want to talk about is something that you probably haven't heard of before. It's called a geomantic empath. Now, geomantic empaths have an intense connection to the physical landscape or a building or an environment. You can feel happy or recharged or incredibly uncomfortable. I've had all of these things happen in certain places with no apparent reason behind it. We can feel deeply connected to specific sacred places like maybe churches or temples or spiritual environments. We might pick up on energies such as joy or sadness or bitterness from a place, depending on what happened there. I have a couple of examples. Um, I, on a positive note, I had gone to Scotland. It was my first trip out there. It was about 20 years ago, and this is before I knew anything about anything. So I stepped off the train, and I just said out loud, I have been here before. And I physically, in this lifetime, have not been there before, (laughs) had not been there before. But I did, I couldn't shake it. I mean, I could not shake it. I'm like, I feel like I've lived here before. So if you've ever had those experiences, let me know. On the downside of being a geomanic empath, I lived in this place, in this town. I will not name the town because it's not about the people. It's about the place and it did not jive with me. I had horrible experiences in this place. I was probably only there for six months, but it felt like an eternity. It was it was just bad energy. It was just bad things happened. I couldn't put my finger on it, but it just felt super dark, really dark. And you would have probably never guessed it at this place. But once I finally got the courage to leave this place... I did a lot of searching and I did a lot of writing and I did a lot of kind of like investigating like what what happened in this place and there were some really dark things that had gone on and currently are probably going on to this day and I just I guess I just picked it up also as a kid I was a super emotional empath and I in elementary school I believe I felt really sad I mean I cried a lot. Probably not as much as I did it in kindergarten. But I I just felt not good. It was it was a lot of fear, a lot of sadness. And if you had asked me as a kid, I remember this. Because I'm like, I just felt like the walls were crying. And I did some research. I actually did some investigating. And I found out that this building, it was old. It was like, it had been built in the th- 30s, I want to say it had been remodeled a couple of times. It's not even there anymore. But it had some really bad things happen in that school. Now, another downside of being a geomantic empath might be that you could struggle when you see a sacred place being destroyed, or maybe pick up on sadness from a place, or understanding why a certain place causes such strong emotions can be really confusing really challenging okay so that is again that's kind of what happened to me in my life so a couple of strategies for geomantic empaths is that I would write it out like if you feel a strong sense about a place good or bad explore explore some of your fondest memories of places that you've loved or had an unexpected attachment or you can explore some of the memories of places where you felt a kind of a type of suffering and really Get some answers or just keep writing. I think when we write a lot, it helps us um, uncover some truths. And at the end of the day, just spend more time in places that make you happy. Now, something along the lines of the geomantic empath is something called an earth empath. And earth empaths are really deeply connected with the earth itself and all of its natural powers. We're talking seasons, we're talking bodies of water, waterfalls, streams, rivers, oceans, weather, solar flares, moonlight, moon phases, anything that can, you know, energize an earth empath. And earth empaths are able to sense the earth's changes such as changes in the weather or even tides or astrological, excuse me, astrological changes as well. Some of the thumbs down, the downside of being an earth empath is we feel the challenges of what is going on on the planet. We can probably feel that right now. I'm just going to say 2020 and that's it. I mean, that just explains pretty much everything that's going on right now. Also, um, I, there's some earth empaths that I'm really close to that they can feel an earthquake before it happens. They can just sense it. Something bad is going to happen and have this intense emotion or sometimes they have precognitive dreams that something's happening on the other side of the world and it does happen. We can even sense the earth changes and events and many earth empaths. We experience seasonal affective disorder or seasonal depression. And this is really due to being really sensitive to weather changes and adjustments in the amount of daylight. There's also something called a weather empath. I'm not going to touch on right now, but I'm just going to say that is one of the kind of subcategories of being an earth empath as well. And the final one I want to talk about is animal empaths. I'm going to raise both hands on this one. (laughs) I'm an animal empath as well. So animal empaths are able to recognize what mental or physical state animal animals in. Okay. I do have some friends, two friends, actually, who are actual animal communicators, and yes, I reach out to them from time to time. Very deeply connected to animals. We're drawn, sometimes animal empaths are drawn more towards animals than people. I can be one of those people sometimes, but I know I need balance in my life. But oh, I just love my animals. So we're especially sensitive to absorbing the pure and conditional love that our animal companions so generously give to us no matter what. If we're having a bad day, they're going to hang out with us. If we're having a good day, they're just going to be super happy as well. Now, I'm sure, you know, the downside to being an animal empath is seeing animals suffer. It's incredibly difficult for animal empaths. So I want to know which of these do you relate with the most? or maybe you overlap in all of these, but maybe you have a stronger empath trait. One kind of stands out. So just to recap real quick, there is the emotional empath, the physical empath, the intuitive empath, the geomantic empath, the earth empath, and the animal empath. Now, I hope you have a wonderful day. And I hope you have a wonderful week. Be kind to yourself. Say nice things to yourself, please, and be kind to others. And I will see you next time. Bye.